0: So this is a really personal episode. I don't typically do stuff like this, but this is something that's been on my mind for a while. Um, People who know me personally, uh, some know this, some don't. Um, For, oh gosh, probably well on 20 plus years, I was a pretty prolific drinker. And some of that, in fact, I think a lot of that I'm coming to realize uh, had to do with uh, with the nature of my work. I've been in and around higher education since I started college at the age of seventeen. I've never left um, and i have been you know in involved in university life and campus culture in one form or another uh, since nineteen ninety eight since the fall of nineteen ninety eight and you know, people obviously we 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 think about the besotted weekends of the college freshmen. I mean, these are things that are kind of um, burned into the lore of the collegiate experience in America. And certainly, uh, my undergraduate days were, were, were no different. You know, drunken uh, road trip weekends and football weekends and parties and you know house parties and keggers and things like that but um i guess what i wanted to focus on here just momentarily was kind of thinking a little bit about grad school and how you know from the time i started my ma back uh actually 20 years ago now to when i started my phd um sometime later you know it, it obviously a big, a big part of that was, um, was drinking, was, was alcohol. And of course, I mean, it was never explicitly about the alcohol, right? I mean, we didn't, you know, we didn't look at it in those terms. I think it was about, it was about, you know, ostensibly, it was about developing a sense of community, um, you know, having social events, um, and we're talking about a somewhat different time as well. I mean, this was, we're talking about, you know, 2004, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, right? So that that decade, um, you know, a different time, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, it was somewhat less acceptable back then, I think, for someone to, uh, at least in the kind of the circle of people that I went to graduate school with in the humanities, you know, in in, in English um, at the University of South Carolina back in that at at that time, which included people from all over the country. Right. And, you know, even from all over the world in in a few instances, Um, you know, there was a certain expectation that people would go out to the bars, that our graduate organization parties were at bars, um, uh, the occasional house party always involving a lot of drinking. Um, There were seminars that were held at bars i mean there were times later in the semester where you know we would decamp to uh the bars and five points um you know maybe an hour into the seminar we would do an hour kind of in the classroom and then we would you know meet up at the bars and kind of finish out the re- remaining hour and a half of the seminar and these were you know for the most part this was not wasted time this was time that we were uh you know, talking about the readings, having serious discussions. And I have to say I learned a lot um in that kind of informal, almost salon type of environment. But uh the fact is, I mean, this was, you know, looking back on it now from this vantage point of 2022, you know, I can see where that would have made some folks uncomfortable. Um, and I, you know, it's it's funny. Just the other day I was taking a, kind of a, a mandate a mandated uh uh, IU has this um, series of modules um, for kind of dealing with, uh, you know, sexual harassment, sexual misconduct. And um, uh, for some reason, I was assigned to take uh, the one for employees as well as the one for uh, for graduate students. I don't quite know why that is, I guess maybe because I teach graduate courses from time to time. But anyway, I was taking this graduate student course and it it had this really elaborate scenario that was so familiar to me. It was about a bunch of grad students being in a seminar going out after the seminar uh, for drinks and it turning into this kind of wild night, you know, this kind of wild Tuesday night where there's dancing and there's music and they're at this college bar and then the the whole point of it was to, you know, present this scenario where at the end of the night you're you're, you know, one of your friend one of your grads grad student colleagues are two of them are canoodling at the back corner of a bar and then one of them kind of pushes the other one away and says, no, I'm not interested. And then what do you do? And so the whole thing was, you know, what is your responsibility to the student and to the university ultimately? Um, and of course the right answer is you have to report it, right? Or you, was that the right answer? I think, I think that was the right. answer. Or you have to, you have to, yeah. Well, I, anyway, I got it right. I passed the, I passed the, the module, but, um, but anyway, um, You know, I think I I sort of take that as evidence that, you know, it's a much different environment now. There's much more of an awareness of kind of, you know, I think the dangers of alcohol, particularly as it pertains to, um, you know, sexual misconduct and and certainly liability uh, for these large organizations like universities. And I just don't remember that being a part of the conversation back then um, you know, 12, 10, 12 years ago, back then the conversation, to the extent that there was one was, Hey, everyone's 21 or over. Um, we're all adults, right? Um, you know, this is, you know, these are adults who happen to be enrolled in a graduate program. I mean, that was the conversation as I recall it. Um, again, to the extent that there was a conversation, um, and so, you know, I, I, I developed a, a really, really prolific drinking habit, um, not wholly as a part of my time in grad school, the five years I spent on um, doing Ph.D. work from 2004 to 20 2009. But uh, but was that a big part of it? Yeah, that was a huge part of it. And uh, of course, it just continued from there with my first 10 year track job. And then later with my second tenure track job and all of that is kind of building up to say uh, that I, I had been sober now for just over two years. I quit drinking in February of 2020, which was just knocking on the doorstep of the pandemic. Um, in fact, it's funny. I remember being aware of the pandemic at that point. I think it was really still a wuhan china thing although i think maybe by early february 2020 there were a few cases in washington state i think but you know again uh mainly it was kind of a, a chinese uh, thing at that point still um but of course as we now know it was rapidly rapidly um approaching uh, Europe and North America and elsewhere in the world, um, soon to take over the world, of course. And, um, but anyway, I, I was, I was, uh, that was it. That was it for me. Um, and it was a variety of reasons. Um, nothing, uh, nothing major. There wasn't any kind of big moment. I didn't get a DUI. Thank God. I didn't uh, get arrested. I didn't, uh, I didn't even really have a, you know, I mean, there wasn't any kind of, you know, drunken tirade or anything that made me reevaluate my relationship with alcohol. It was mainly, it was the fact that I began to realize, um, as my job really kind of, I don't know, got more and more, uh, involved. And as I was kind of Working on a variety of different projects, it began to kind of get in the way. I think of my work uh, workaholism a little bit, Um, and it was just it. It wasn't doing me any favors, is the way I would put it. You know, it 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 was clear to me that it just drinking wasn't helping, Um, and um, and I was kind of foggy mentally and just. you know, of course, there were always the hangovers, which now are kind of like a distant memory. I don't really even think about. I mean, it's weird to say this, but I, I don't have a good sense of what a hangover feels like anymore. Um, you know, I feel like, yeah, okay, I remember dry mouth and headaches and things like that. But I mean, I I think there's part of it that I'm really not remembering. You know, there's a big part of the hangover experience that, uh, that escapes me. And I think, you know, that's a good thing. Um, but, uh, it's one of the things people in recovery talk about a lot actually amongst themselves is kind of how, you know, you don't get hangovers anymore. And that feels like kind of a superpower, but yeah, I just celebrated, uh, two years and, um, there was a, there was a plan we were going to, my wife and I were going to go down to Miami for the weekend to celebrate and um of course the indiana weather uh, the indiana winter had different ideas we weren't weren't able to fly out because the oh the airplane got ice in the wing or ice on the not on the wing in the engine which apparently is a good bit more serious than ice uh in the wing but uh so we stayed here anyway and and um you know it got me thinking that was the that was the exactly the kind of thing that would have Kind of probably sent me off on a minor bender uh, back when I was drinking, but you no, know, it wasn't a big deal, right? We we sort of found other things to to do, and if if I can if I can sort of say one thing, I I know for example, you know, Dry January and these kinds of things have become really popular in recent years. There's 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 apps for people kind of tracking their alcohol use and cutting down on their alcohol use and so forth. Um, and obviously, there's lots of health benefits to it, as well as mental benefits, so physical and mental. But what I would say stands out to me the most about quitting alcohol, besides the physical the mental, besides the fact that you you do save a lot of money according to this one app that I've been using, um, t- based on the estimates that that I've been. Receiving from this app, I've saved almost sixteen thousand um, dollars since uh, February of twenty twenty, which is which is kind of cool. And I think honestly, I think you know, giving it up on the heels of the pandemic really saved me in some in some respects. Um, again, it, I mean, the reason I quit had nothing to do with the pandemic. It wasn't even really a thing in the United States in early February, but. I think it saved me you know there have been a lot of stories about people uh really getting into trouble with alcohol during the pandemic because everyone's at home all the time and so you know i'm pretty pretty thankful pretty thankful for for that uh but no um what has really stood out to me the most about giving this up is that i feel like i have a big chunk of my life back because I have more time objectively, right? And you're not hanging out in bars, you're not kind of engaged in the culture that surrounds alcohol, uh, which takes a lot of time that you don't think about, right? There's a lot of time spent kind of, you know, positioning yourself for drinking, whether it's, you know, traveling someplace, going to a bar, being out. You know, even drinking at home, right? It requires setting things up, you know, getting alcohol in the first place, right? Going to different liquor stores, going to different places to buy, you know, but also just kind of, I'm not thinking about it. I'm not obsessing about when am I going to do it? How am I going to do it? Under what circumstances will I be able to get home, um, safely, you know, planning all of this mental energy that I honestly think people don't think about and, or don't, maybe don't think about clearly or critically that you, you really spend a lot of time, a a lot of time trying to position yourself in such a way that you can drink. And I think, you know, I have that time back. There are other things that I can focus on. I, I don't, I don't think about it. I, I think I remember one of the things that I was concerned about and I think this is a, I think this is a concern that a lot of people have who are uh, kind of sober curious Is they think about kind of what am I going to do if you know kind of I, I don't want to be defined by sobriety. Uh, I don't want you know I don't want to you know i don't i don't want to be this kind of person who is is never able to drink again you know and i don't want this to become an identity right i like the freedom of being able to have a drink here or there and i i i, I get that i mean i still kind of understand that right there's a when it comes to giving anything up there's a feeling of loss of why should I have to miss out on this thing? One of the things that really helped me to move past that, I would really say that probably the thing that helped me move past that was reading a book called Alcohol Explained by Andy Grace. A lot of people in the recovery community will praise this book. Um, it does have some detractors, um, and I'll talk about those in just a moment. I think there are some. Probably some critiques of the book that are well-earned, some that aren't, Um, but it changed my life. It it, it changed my life. She she has a way, uh, I would call it kind of a theory of alcohol use that I think is is really, really smart. And what she basically says, and this is something that you hear a lot in recovery, but she says that... It's, it's very similar to the old kind of Alcoholics Creed right that you know um, you know one is too many and, and a thousand is never enough it, but there's actually some scientific truth to that um, you know alcohol is a really funny drug and one of the ways that it works on you is that it creates this almost insatiable desire for for, for more and um, you know, like any good addictive drug, right? It sort of creates this, this you know, feeling of euphoria, of uh, flushness, kind of looseness, of relaxation, of warmth um, that is uh, downright, well, intoxicating and what then happens is that you begin uh, kind of chasing that in a way that becomes very problematic because the nature of alcohol is such that um without getting into too much kind of technical detail uh that uh the more you drink um the 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 the, the more you need right and so um you know, when you first start out, it might take just a little bit for you to get that feeling of euphoria, but then very quickly, you need that much more and you need that much more and you need that much more. And it becomes this kind of, uh, this kind of really bitter uh, and unfortunate cycle that can be really dangerous. And so, um, you know, it's one of the things that people struggle with, obviously, I'm not stating anything new here, but you know, what Annie grace kind of gets at without hitting you over the head is she's, she basically makes this case that it, it, you know, you can try to moderate. And I think that's moderation is kind of what people really, you know, it's kind of the Holy grail, right? Everybody says, Oh, I want to be that guy that can have two beers and call it a night. Um, and I, I do think those people exist, but I, I think they are rarer than we like to admit. Uh, you know i think there's this idea that those people are kind of every other person is a two drink minimum or a two drink maximum person and i i really have to differ with that i think that those people are more more like unicorns than we than we like to admit but um you know it's 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 so tempting it's so tempting to think that that that, that, that we could do that and and um And I know for myself that wasn't possible And the way that she explains it, the way that she's able to kind of make this very powerful case for why she feels like that's not possible. I feel like it's just really sharp. Um, So I would check it out. It's a really good book. I'll put a link in the um, uh, in in this post, but that, but you know, that's, that's really what kind of got me on this path um, was that, was that book. I mean, it, it sort of gave me the strength to, to, to stop, sort of messing around with this notion of moderation and realize that it was time to quit and then it wasn't doing me any favors. And so that's what I did. Um, and I could sit here and tell you all about how great it's been and, you know, the best decision I ever made, you know, being clear headed and all of that. Um, and it is good. I, I will say this though, you know, and I was—I made the joke early on, um, because, of course, you know, when I quit in 2020, uh, February, yeah, this was the beginning of the pandemic. Donald Trump would be president for another, you know, six or seven months. Um, and, you know, so it was not, I mean, not that, you know, February 2022 is a whole lot better. But there was very much a feeling in February and March of 2020 that the whole world was on fire. And so all, you know, none of that stuff went away, right? I mean, it was, you know, it it wasn't like, I mean, yeah, there is the pink cloud. People talk about the pink cloud a lot. And I did feel that for sure. But, you know, I, I chose sobriety and clarity at a time when it was, one could argue, right? This is a really an opportune time to be totally sober. And I joked a lot with people, right? Like, you know, one of the problems with sobriety is that suddenly you see the world very clearly. And that sucks. Um, and that's kind of how I felt, right, is that, wow, you know, here I am kind of getting as I'm as I'm gaining this mental clarity and this perspective on my life and on the world, you know, we've got this guy, you know, this 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 orange creep in the White House who, you know, is denying COVID and then calling it this Chinese conspiracy and the China flu and all these, you know, racist uh, things against um, Asians and, you know, just all of this nonsense, right? All, I mean, uh, I I won't rehearse uh, all of uh, Trump's sins, but I mean, you know, you, you see the world clearly. I mean, part of being clear is not just kind of feeling like, oh, everything's groovy. It's it's being clear, right? It's, it's having clarity on on things good and bad and it teaches you i think a lot about accepting the world as it is and 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 that that notion of acceptance you know and of kind of just being okay with the fact that uh things are on fire and things are you know not always going to go well i mean that you know you still have to live life and, and and life is going to be challenging and there will be ups and there will be downs and there will be soul-crushing things that happen um, and, 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 alcohol, uh, um, you know, it, it it's not going to help with that. It's, it's not going to provide, I mean, you sort of think it does, but it's not going to provide any kind of escape from that. Um, and, and ultimately I think it, you know, you realize that it doesn't even provide any kind of amelioration. I mean, it's really a, a dangerous, deadly, um, drug, uh, that, uh, that, that is, that is a poison right you know it's a poison that produces these sort of pleasant temporarily pleasant effects um but but ultimately it's it's this it's this poison uh so that's where i'm that's where i'm at you know two years i was coming up on it you know in january thinking looking ahead to two years and thinking about oh wow i'm going to get there very soon and of course you know social media was filled with posts about dry january which is I think a really interesting um, thing. It has an interesting history of its own uh, that I looked into a little bit as I was preparing for this, for this podcast. And this is one of those things that I was kind of preparing for, for a really long time and didn't really quite know how to start and just decided to go ahead and do it and, ju- and jump on it. But, um, you know, because I, I figured, well, there's not really any way. And I, I called it sobriety in higher education because I thought, well, this will be, you know, people that kind of follow me for the higher ed stuff. Maybe they'll be interested in this. Um, and I did talk about higher ed, but really it's about sobriety and, and kind of why I think it's important and why I think it's overlooked. Uh, um, you know, my views on alcohol, alcoholism. So there you have it. If I can think of anything else to add, I may follow up with uh, on this later, but that's going to do it for now. Take care.